for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk Radio. TNT. TNT. Ouch. That's going to leave a mark. Did you see what happened at the Supreme Court today or, or hear what happened? We could only get the audio. I guess Jason Murray's happy we couldn't get the video. I felt like I was in a 1L classroom and somebody hadn't done the reading. <laughs> it was trying to fake his way through a case brief after not having done the reading. Oh, Jason, how dare you go into the Supreme Court chamber that unprepared? And what most people missed, everybody saw Gorsuch just basically take him over his knee, take Murray over his knee and just spank him, beat him like a rented mule, like a redheaded stepchild, whatever uh, illusion you want to make. What they didn't realize is that Jason Murray clerked for Neil Gorsuch when Gorsuch was on the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals. Now, he also clerked for Justice Elena Kagan. He's not stupid. You can't get a clerkship by being stupid. How could he go into the Supreme Court that unprepared? And then try to try to change? <laughs> like, did you learn nothing from Justice Gorsuch when you clerked for him? You tried to change the hypothetical? That's his stock and trade. He That's how he gets lawyers in oral argument. That's what he does. He'll tweak the hypothetical and he'll get them out on a branch and they've got no more support for their position and the branch breaks and down will come baby cradle and all. Come on, Jason. I'm sure you saw that up close and personal. How could you fall victim to that? How did you think you could try to change the hypothetical? Uh, Justice Gorsuch, and what, he wouldn't notice? I mean, come on. The real question today, look, this entire case is ludicrous. And if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the efforts of Colorado to keep Donald Trump off the ballot based on the 14th Amendment, Clause 3, insurrection, which we all know is absurd. The real question, because they lost Katanji. They, they, nope, she wasn't having it. You could see her or hear her change her mind right there during oral argument. She was all ready. She was all ready to vote with them. Vote with Colorado. And then they lost her. They just, nope, she wasn't having it. So the question is whether it's going to be 8-1 and the wise Latina is going to have to actually draft an opinion herself, really, it'll be her the law clerks that drafted because she's the most incompetent Supreme Court justice we've had in my lifetime, at least. I don't care that she was graduated with Latin honors from Princeton. That, that That's a poor reflection on Princeton more than it is a, a credit to the wise Latina. Question is whether Katanji's going to throw her lifeline and, and, and vote with Justice Sotomayor to make it seven to two uh, or whether 
Sotomayor actually do the thing that the Constitution requires, which is to vote for the Constitution, to vote to keep President Trump on the ballot in Colorado. This isn't about Trump. This is about the 14th Amendment, third clause, insurrection. There's been no insurrection. There was more of an insurrection when Code Pink occupied the Capitol. Of course, no arrests, even though they occupied Nancy's office. That was more of an insurrection than January 6th. We all know now that we knew it at the time, January 6th was a Fedsurrection. We had various, we had so many undercover Feds that they don't even know how many undercover Feds there were. That's, that's the real story. There were so many undercover Feds that the Feds don't even know how many undercover Feds they had. And it wasn't just actual federal agents, it was assets, etc. We've got the buses pulling out, and one bus had all Trump supporters, and one bus had all Antifa, and the whole thing was fake, and we've got the phony pipe bomber. And look, our government is thoroughly corrupt. Our FBI is corrupt to its core, and it always has been. Zip Connolly should still be in prison for helping Whitey Bulger become the kingpin, crime kingpin of Boston. Went after the patriarchas and let Whitey take over. And Zip got sent to prison for that. And then he got out on a medical. He should still be in prison for that. And don't tell me the rank and file is good because it's the rank and file jackbooted thugs that broke down the door to Mar-a-Lago. And it was the jackbooted thugs that rank and file that pulled Roger Stone out of his house at 5 a.m. with CNN conveniently there to record the whole thing. No, if you're currently employed by the FBI and you're not already a whistleblower, I don't care if you're a janitor. I don't care if you're emptying wastebaskets and polishing floors. You're complicit. If you're taking DOJ, FBI, dinero, you're complicit in their crimes. You got to be a whistleblower. More and more of you need to come forward and be a whistleblower. Prove that you're on the side of the Constitution. Prove that you're going to keep your oath to the Constitution. And that you're not just there to get the kiss in the mail after your 20 years. So the case today, look, we all knew before it even got to SCOTUS that it was going to be ruled against. Because the idea that Donald Trump is barred from running for president under the 14th Amendment Clause 3 is preposterous on its face. Preposterous on its face. So the question is, is it going to be 8 to 1? Is it going to be 7 to 2? Or, Mirabalu Dictu, is it going to be 9 to nothing? I think we'll find out by tomorrow. I think this will be a quick decision. If not tomorrow, then next week. You're listening to The Reckoning on today's News Talk, TNT. For all the latest community events, rallies, marches, festivals, and fundraisers happening near you, then visit the What's On Events calendar on the TNT website. Stay in touch on today's News Talk, TNT. There's a lot going on, so it's important to stay informed and up to date. Get ready, because here we go. At the top, 30 minutes past and when it breaks. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Special Counsel Robert Hur has decided not to prosecute President Joe Biden, despite there being ample evidence 
that the resident willfully retained and disclosed classified materials in the case. Here with the story joining me now is TNT News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Timothy. Um, yeah, this is a frightening thing to consider uh, since this uh, this young at heart man, uh, Biden, is uh, attempting to seek another four years as the president of the United States of America. So just keep that in mind. Um, well, not only did special counsel Robert Hur choose to not bring any criminal charges against the president following a months long investigation into his improper retention of classified documents related to national security, he described the president, <clears throat> Joe Biden, as a, quote, sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory, end quote. You know what? We should just make that his campaign right there. <laughs> Biden, sympathetic well-meaning, elderly, poor memory. Good good enough for me, right? Good enough for you. Uh, Her's report was made public on Thursday afternoon. Her has been investigating Biden's improper retention of classified records since last year. Those records included classified documents about military and foreign policy in Afghanistan, among other records related to national security and foreign policy, which her said implicated, quote, sensitive intelligence sources and methods, end quote. Sounds pretty serious. Yeah, you would think so. Uh, only if your name is Trump, I guess. Uh, the report states, quote, we conclude that no criminal charges are warranted in this matter. We would reach the same conclusion even if the Department of Justice policy did not foreclose criminal charges against a sitting president, end quote. Huh. But her in the report said the special counsel's team, quote, also considered that at trial, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury, as he did during our interview of him, as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Based on our direct interactions with and observations of him, he is someone from whom many jurors will want to identify reasonable doubt. It would be difficult to convince a jury that they should convict him by then a former president well into his 80s huh, of a serious felony that requires a mental state of willfulness, end quote. This is getting like worse. Uh, Biden's, quote, memory also appeared to have significant limitations, end quote, according to the report. And during conversations with his ghostwriter recorded in 2017, his conversations were well, we, we see it all the time, but, quote, painfully slow with Mr. Biden struggling to remember events and straining at times to read and relay his own notebook entries, end quote. Her's report pointed out that Biden's memory was, quote, unquote, worse during an interview with spe the special counsel's office. I don't want to get into too much details here, but uh, the, the, they basically literally decided that, no, he's probably not. There are no criminal charges are warranted here. Because he's too stupid and old and feeble. But we're just going to keep letting this guy run the country, Timothy. Does that make any sense to you? I, I, I don't think it does. Well, sure it does, because he's never run the country, okay? Not since January 20th, 2021. Joe Biden's never been in charge, ever. They wake him up. They give him a shot, vitamin B shot, whatever shot they give him. They trot him out to mumble a few words. Fall up the steps to the Air Force One, fall across the stage at a service academy, 
fall over while he's standing still, straddling his bicycle. And they're running the country for him. He hasn't made a single decision, not one. And he might have signed his name to documents. They'll tell him, here, Joe, sign this. Okay. What is it? You don't need to know. It's the This is the Radar O'Reilly presidency. Okay? That's exactly what's going on. There's some Radar O'Reilly that gives him papers to sign, tells him not to worry about it. And Joe goes, okay. You know, if he's a good boy, he gets pudding at 4 o'clock. And if he's been a good boy all week, he gets fruit cup on Friday with, with two cherries. That's the way this presidency has been. And he's not going to be the nominee. I've said that since January 20th, 2021. If he is, I'll be stunned. Because what they're doing here is they're laying the groundwork for a 25th Amendment mo motion. He's going to either have a, a medical event or a, a cardiac event. More likely, just a medical event. And, uh, you know, he's going to resign. And then uh, we'll get camel toe. And as a friend of mine texted me today, maybe this is a good thing. Because maybe camel toe can keep us out of office by doing what she does best. Hitting her knees and, you know, keeping us out of World War III. Yeah, I don't know. I would hate to see what her daily briefings would look like, Timothy, like drawn out in cart, you know, crayon. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, look, none of these people are there for their intelligence. Okay. Joe Biden was always referred to openly in this. I'm going back to 1989 when I would frequent the halls of the Senate. He was widely regarded is the stupidest man in the Senate. Nothing changed over the intervening 40 years, except that he got stupider. And, um, you know, he's never been in charge. He's a puppet. We all know it. This is Obama 3.0, but Obama was never even in charge. Okay, where's Valerie Jarrett been? That's the question I want answered. And, um, you know, the question, the, the question isn't, what his state of mind is now okay the fact that he's mentally incompetent now and maybe he's mentally incompetent to stand trial fine but the real question is whether he was compost mentos when he took the documents as a senator and as vice president and the answer is clearly yes okay he wasn't this much of a blithering idiot when he was a senator and vice president so it's just another cover-up. Look, FBI has been covering up for the Bidens like it's their job because it is their job. It's a thoroughly corrupt organization that needs to be dissolved. And all the law enforcement functions parceled out to various executive departments. You know, we can have the SEC prosecuting white-collar crime. We don't need the Department of Justice and the FBI having white-collar crime units. SEC could do that just fine. 
It's interesting what you just said there a minute ago, Timothy, because if I'm not mistaken, her was trying to make the case uh, also as part of this in his full report. You have to dig in there. He's saying that it was Biden did not willingly, knowingly take these documents like it was an accident and that that's what sets this different from the Trump thing. They're saying, oh, Trump took his on purpose. Biden, he's just a moron and it was an accident. So we're going to let it slide. And I'm like, what? yeah, well, so what they're sense. saying is what they're saying is because he took these as a senator, what they're saying is that the chairman of the Judiciary Committee was non compos mentos. What they're saying then is that the vice president of the United States was non compos mentos. So they can't have it both ways. Either he was unqualified to be in office or he took the documents willingly. And as stupid as he is, he knew what he was doing. Absolutely knew what he was doing. But interesting story. We're going to have to keep following it. You're listening to The Reckoning on today's News Talk, TNT. TNT's Jeremy Nell. Nice comment here from Rebecca. She says, the youngest people um, I work with are a bit more mature, but their interactions with the public is stifled. And she's referring to the excessive use of cell phones and social media and how it's making them so antisocial also. The business is open six days a week. One of his staff members formally requested that they shouldn't, you know, that they, could they be given permission not to have to work on Wednesdays so that they could help at the dog shelter. Now, as you know, I'm a dog lover. I have hunting dogs, I've got dogs coming out of my ears, my Malinois, and this dog, this Malinois is bright even by Malinois standards. She can do crossword puzzles, is lying under my desk at the moment, feeling sorry for herself because she's just come on heat for the first time and she's completely bewildered. She doesn't know why she's bleeding to death. It's not about whether it's a good or a bad thing to work at animal shelters. That's a delightful thing. It's a noble thing to do. But who in their right minds goes to their boss and says, would you mind, I'd rather not work on Wednesdays if it's okay, because I've got other priorities in a, in a town down the road. Jeremy now on today's News Talk. TNT. The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. Thelightpaper.co.uk If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Marilyn Todd was just a wife and mother, a financial auditor, giving good advice to her clients. But she was also a patriot. And she saw something wrong in New Hampshire, and she did something about it realizing that elections in her native New Hampshire were just as crooked as those in more populous states, Marilyn founded New Hampshire Voter Integrity Group on Facebook and agitated for an audit of the Wyndham New Hampshire election. Marilyn has gone on to expose the corruption of both political parties in New Hampshire and a whole lot more. I'm happy to consider her a very good friend and to welcome her back to the reckoning, Marilyn Todd. Hi. Oh, sorry. Hi, Timothy. Sorry, I wasn't used to that. <laughs> How are How you? Are you? I'm, I'm doing quite well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And, 
you know, folks, if you want to learn more, you can find her on Facebook or find the group New Hampshire Voter Integrity on Facebook. But there's also a website now, New Hampshire, nhvoterintegrity.org. It's nhvoterintegrity.org. Marilyn, <clears throat> you're not a media professional, obviously. No. And you're just a regular American and you are the embodiment of what we've been trying to to get people to do to not throw up your hands in frustration but roll up your sleeves and get to work and did you ever think when you got involved that New Hampshire politics would be as dirty as it is I had no idea but I have some great news for you that we can share with your audience it, it's amazing so do you remember two years ago? Um, do you remember two years ago when we did the initiative for the warrant articles to get the yes. um, machines gone? We redid that and we had 10 days and we just got 24 towns. I just, I didn't even text you about it because I've been just so straight out, crazy busy verifying 25 voters for each town, but no, and I'm still seeing the dirty politics even in these small little missions that we're going or that we're doing. It's it's absolutely insane. We had 24 towns submit warrant affidavit. So we have a chance to get 24 towns, the machines out of 24 towns. And it's going to be we the we the people. They're going to have a March election. And um, I really think that New Hampshire has a huge opportunity like um, Argentina did. Because could you imagine uh, the news saying, New Hampshire got rid of the machines in 24 towns. Like that would be a huge for America. And I just think such a, um, um, such a great story for people to um, get motivated and encouraged by. That that's an amazing story. And to get the warrants submitted, you had to have 25 signatures in each town, correct? Yep. So New Hampshire is broken up into three different parts. So there's um, there's city charters. There's SB2 towns and then there's traditional towns. So basically um, the SB2 towns, uh, their deadline for the 25 names per town was um, on January 9th. And then the uh, traditional town charters are, was yesterday, February 6th. And then the cities will do um, a vote in November. So we still have three, two more chances even after March to continue this effort with almost every town in New Hampshire. So um, we're really excited. Mike Lindell sponsored us through the whole entire thing. He is going to help us. Um, um, he's going to help us advertise because I'm brand new and I don't do politics. Um, I audit. So I need, we need a lot of help and, um, we need a lot of support from America. Like we need everybody in America that wants to get rid of these machines behind New Hampshire right now in any way, shape or form, whether that be helping us send mailers, whether that be get, buying us some robocalls in these towns. And here's like what the most promising thing about this, Timothy, is that uh, out of 24 towns, five of them are um, Democrat-led. Um, like five of them have more registered Democrats than Republicans. So these are very strong towns that we actually have a chance of winning. Um, and, and, and I also don't want to be um, partisan. And basically what I want to say is that we had a lot of Dems sign our petitions too to even get the warrant article on the ballot for their town election. So, you know, but right now, you know how the game is played, unfortunately. One side is 
on the fence while the other one is fighting and then it goes back and forth, <laughs> you know, every uh, every right. election pretty much. And, and the problem is half the time the Republicans are covertly working with the Democrats. But I'm happy to hear that four of the towns are Democrat majority towns because this should not be a partisan issue, right? Having mm -hmm. secure elections in, where we can trust the results that shouldn't be a partisan issue. That's an American issue. You know, Elizabeth Warren was correct to call the machines out back in 2008 and 2010. But now all of a sudden, because they hate Donald Trump, all of a sudden machines are fine. And there's we've got the safest, most secure election in history with yeah. machines when it just isn't so. So I'm really happy to hear that. And yeah, you're correct. This isn't a partisan issue. And we need to make everyone aware of that. And we need Democrats as much or more than we need Republicans to get active and involved in this issue. Because I don't care who people vote for, and I don't care who gets elected, as long as the person that gets elected is the person that got the most votes from the people who voted. And until you can say that with complete confidence, we don't have a constitutional republic. That is correct. And I just, you know, I, I think this, I think I, and the Constitutional Republic will come back, hopefully, when we vote these machines out, you know, yes. so and it will just start a, you know, it will just start, uh, you know, a will for other states to encouragement. And, and so we're really hoping that New Hampshire can, you know, and America, because we really need America. Wyndham, remember when we did the Wyndham 500, 500 people yes. came to Wyndham? That's yep. because America rallied behind New Hampshire. We had the support of America and I could feel that. And right now we need that one more time. We need we need all hands on deck for this because we have the proof. As you know, we have the proof. Uh, I um, We need help with getting our message out there. Like what you're doing is, you know, um, giving New Hampshire a voice. Uh, we just need we need a voice and we need people. And there's 14 different Patriot groups that are working on this. So this is not, there's no face to this. This was just, you know, and these were wet signatures too. So uh, people went around and actually have, because last time we did this, they tried to throw a bunch of towns out because right. they were digital signatures. So this time people, we had a guy canvassing on crutches because he wanted this so badly, like um, for multiple days, they want, New Hampshire wants this, but we, there's a lot, like, so the town clerks are trying to make it about them. Like they're trying to say, or some of, of them, I should are. say, they're trying to say yeah. a vote for, to get rid of the machine is a vote um, to get rid of me. And it's like, no, you would have no idea. Like, this is not personal. Well, you know, the so. town clerk would actually be more important to the process if we didn't have the machine. So that's a ludicrous argument. And I, I want to get back into how much of a ground swell a grassroots effort this really was after these headlines you're listening to the reckoning on today's news talk tnt hey guys great news news radio tnt radio news for tnt this is james o'neill special counsel robert Hur concluded in his 388 page report that president biden willfully retained and disclosed classified materials after his vice presidency but recommended against charging him 
citing the precedent against indicting sitting presidents. Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov stated that U.S. journalist Tucker Carlson, who recently interviewed Russian President Vladimir Putin, does not require protection from Moscow, despite facing criticism and calls for sanctions from some Western media and politicians. The common housefly, caught in the clutches of the spider's web. Every move it makes just makes matters worse. Then, dinner time. Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website. Whoa. Dinner's ready. Oh, man. Escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web. TNTradio.live. Smiley, the beautiful thing about what you've been doing in New Hampshire is it's truly been grassroots. It's been moms and dads. It's been school teachers. It's been regular workaday people. You've even had a few politicians that have integrity. You know, those are few and far between in both parties, but you've had some help. You've had help from Scott Pressler, if I understand correctly. Um, Scott Pressler. I, don't I, know. I heard he was up in New Hampshire helping uh, registration drives. But this I has been know. a truly it's been a truly grassroots effort. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I will. The parties, the parties there, though. What are the Democrats doing keeping Joe Biden off the primary? I guess they didn't want him to get embarrassed. Well, he he lost New Hampshire a few times. It didn't make much sense to me as to why he um, at first until I think I spoke to you and you you put it into perspective for me. What was your I'm trying to remember your exact words. Do you remember the conversation we had when you and I was like, oh, my gosh, I think you just helped me realize because it didn't make any sense to me why he wasn't on the primary. Well, Do you remember uh, my yeah, my take was that they didn't want him to get embarrassed again so that he'd have uh-huh. more momentum. They thought that he'd do better with black voters in South Carolina. So they would have South Carolina be the first because they didn't really go for it in in uh, Iowa either. I think they're running kind of a you know, it used to be 100 years ago, 120 years ago. The president didn't campaign. It was deemed to be unseemly. And so the president would send out surrogates, and that's where the expression a rose garden campaign came from, because the president just stayed in the White House, and, you know, smelling the roses in the rose garden while his surrogates were out doing the, the dirty work of campaigning. And, and that pretty much ended in the 1920s. But Biden's 2020 campaign was a rose garden campaign. I mean, he'd have one event a week, maybe yeah. two. And there'd be, you know, eight people there in in 12 foot diameter circles that were six feet apart. It was all it was ludicrous, all the phony narrative. And they they used COVID as a cover to keep the fact that he's a blithering idiot uh, out of the national consciousness. And uh, then they stuffed the ballots, ballot boxes in, in several counties. And despite everything they did, Marilyn, he only people don't understand this. He only won the presidency by forty four thousand votes. I mean, did he win though? So across five states. Well, this is uh, hang with me. Yeah, yeah. Forty four thousand votes across five states are what made the difference. We all know that the election was stolen. 
but they kept saying, well, we did a recount, a recount, a recount. Recount means nothing if the ballots are bogus, does it? You really need an audit. And so you're an auditor. Explain to people the difference between a recount and an honest-to-goodness audit. So, and, and the best way I can describe it is Wyndham audit, right? So when Wyndham audited their, um, when Wyndham had an audit, it was nothing like how financial auditing is done. It, the The difference between the two is insane. And like, for example, I, I've seen clients whose uh, POS systems were deleted and SWAT teams have literally came in and like during business hours and raided her business for uh, her POS system. And when I saw Harry Hursty delete our memory cards, I just couldn't right in front of the AG. I, I couldn't, I didn't understand. And that's when I realized, wow, this is insane. Um, you know, the, we were always questioning machine number two. I don't know if you remember that or not, but mm -hmm. we were always questioning machine number two. And um, uh, they didn't even have the machines. They didn't even know which machine was machine number two. How do you do an audit <laughs> if you don't even know what machine number, what number the machines are? Like I, I have this all on video. And then um, you probably remember this, but we have our uh, chief investigator for the AG, Dick Tracy is his name. Um, literally saying just because it's unethical doesn't make it a criminal violation. And I was just like, oh, that's like the that is New Hampshire government's motto. Like we live by right. live free or right. die. They live by just because it's unethical doesn't make it a criminal violation. Like those words will never leave my brain. Like I, I it's crazy. It's amazing that someone in, in public life could even utter them because it's basically yeah. admitting to being an unethical scumbag, which they all are. And for people that aren't aware, a POS system is a point of sale system. So what Marilyn was saying is SWAT team literally came in and took all the all the computer information for all of the transactions because the point of sale uh, backup had been deleted. And yet here we have all the thumb drives for the mach voting machines being deleted. And we had that warehouse in New Hampshire where trucks kept coming in and out of very surreptitiously. And New Hampshire is a quote unquote Republican state. And Chris Sununu, the governor, kept saying, oh, no, no, this is nothing, nothing to see here. Everything is fine. His, Our his elections are as were... pure as the driven snow. His exact words were the gold standard. New Hampshire has yes. the gold standard. Yeah, if that's the gold standard, somebody's been robbed. Somebody's been cheated because that ain't gold. It's um, I have so much evidence against New Hampshire that um, I don't even know. Uh, I, I wish we could release a documentary on it, which, you know, um, we were supposed to. But um, we're we're still working on a documentary. We're definitely going to get our documentary. But we have over 20 years of evidence with 100 percent irrefutable proof. And this is Democrats coming together. This is Republicans coming together. This is 20 years of just U.S. citizens, grassroots coming together and filming everything and same processes, same people. Um, everything is the exact same. Um, and I just can't even believe 
when I think I was like in high school in the, or even before high school, I was like in junior high when this footage is all being taken. And, you know, 20 years later, it's the same people, same processes. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Well, I found out how dirty the Republican Party of New Hampshire was 35 years ago this year. <laughs> I was interviewing for a position on Judd Gregg's staff. He was then a representative in Congress for New Hampshire. He wasn't yet a senator. And I was seated across the desk from his chief of staff. And his chief of staff looked me in the eye and lied to me and said the position for which I was applying had already been filled, which I knew was a lie because a buddy of mine had an interview 45 minutes after I did, and he ended up getting the job. So I, yeah. I knew, I knew that the job hadn't been filled. He knew I knew it because he knew that I knew the guy who he was interviewing 45 minutes after me. And yet, Marilyn, and yet, he sat there, looked me in the eye, lied to me, knowing that I knew that he was lying to me. And he didn't care. I was like, oh, man, these people really... I just don't play their game. I, I refuse to. I'll never run because I don't I, like I'll always hold them accountable. But I feel like that's my calling in life. Right. Like right. is to hold them accountable. It's not to ever maybe be the like I would be the moderator. Right. Which is runs elections or, you know, even like a, you know, secretary of state position because I am a really good auditor, but I'm not a public speaker. But it doesn't seem like he speaks that much anyways. Right. So I don't know. But the game is just so dirty with um and and they're still playing it i mean it, there's still so much drama and egos and and everything just in this that and some of uh, and sometimes i feel like people like love their party more than they love america and i'm like yeah. i don't understand that rationale like it doesn't make sense to me like why why would a party be more important than what you are a party to well <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, they said it a long time ago, and it still holds true today. Politics is Hollywood for ugly people. Yeah, right. It's, I it's love got, how you said that. You said it's that, got yeah. all the venality. It's got all the backbiting. It's got all the underhandedness. It's got all the casting couch shenanigans. And it's just, it is, you, you feel like you need to go take a bath in holy water after you talk to these people, but it's the only system we have. So you, you've got yeah. to engage because Plato said it 2000 yeah. years ago, you might not have an interest in politics, but politics certainly takes an interest in you. Well, exactly. And I, like, I wish that I was taught at a younger age, like how important local politics are, you know, like, so, for example, um, and I want to get I back into that because New yeah. Hampshire local politics and New England local politics is really something special that actually should be emulated around the country. You're listening to The Reckoning on today's News Talk, TNT. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. I really don't understand how this trial between Michael Mann and Mark Stein is continuing. And I don't know if Dr. Mann wanted to put his hockey stick on trial. There are so many holes in his argument. It is hard to believe. I don't even understand how people could have let that out without questioning it. And I've talked about this before. One of the biggest problems I have is he won't let anyone look at his data, at least 
no one that is skeptical of his data, and that should raise red flags. Now, I've talked about this many, many times. You can go and look at what the global temperature does. When it's warm in the eastern and central part of the United States and warm across Europe, usually the global temperature is elevated. Now, when it's cold in those areas, believe it or not, the global temperature is actually colder. The problem with this whole hockey stick and the recreation of temperatures from pine cones is the areas he looks at and draws his ideas from are usually cold when the earth is warm. So he would not be able to detect that. He would not know that because he's not a meteorologist. If he was a meteorologist, would he know it? Of course he'd know it because we talk about this all the time. They're called teleconnections. So if I were in there talking about this, I'd be asking, where is your meteorology background and are you aware of this going on? But in any case, this whole hockey stick idea of temperature recreation looks to be more of a hokey stick to a lot of us out there. And the first red flag is you wouldn't let anyone look at your data. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear and I made an assistant to help you out because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear because I'm grilling up dinner. <laughs> do you get it? Yes. Good job. So, what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha 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 ha. See, Smokey thinks I'm funny. This is The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Marilyn, you mentioned that 24 towns are now, they've filed warrant applications to have the machines removed. How many towns are there in New Hampshire, first of all? So there's 243 territories, and I think six of them are towns. I mean, six of them are cities, and the rest are all towns. It might be eight okay. cities, but I'm pretty sure six are cities. Okay, and what's the difference between, a? did you say SB2 town and a traditional town? So a, a SB2 town is um, basically a larger town and they handle their business a little a little bit differently than a traditional town. Okay, I guess I lived in a traditional town in Massachusetts. We had 27,000 people, but we were a town. And what I loved was that the school district was the town, the power company, the water company was all the town. And the uh, government was all town and we had town meeting. We didn't have a mayor. We had a board of selectmen that were appointed by town meeting that were elected by the town meeting members. And what town meeting was, you'd run for town meeting, and ask your neighbors to vote for you. And all the people that were on town meeting did all the town's business, every budget, we had line item veto power. So it wasn't like the federal budget where you got to pass it to see what's in it. We went through that budget line by line every year. And Massachusetts has something called Proposition Two and a Half, which was passed in 1980, thanks to Barbara Anderson's efforts, that says you cannot raise property taxes more than two and a half percent without approval on a special election by the town. So if you're going to build a new high school, for example, and you need to have an override and raise property taxes more than two and a half percent, you have to have the town vote on that. 
And several times we voted, we voted down the first middle school plan because it wasn't a good one. And they came back with a more reasonable plan and we voted in favor of it. Same thing for the high school. And, and having that sense of town cohesion was really something special. And in the rest of America, your town really doesn't matter. A lot of places, like for example, here in uh, central New York, I grew up in the town of Geddes. Well, there is no town of Geddes. There is a town line, but that's not your school district. And there's no town center. There's no village named Geddes. And it just towns weren't even a thing growing up. And when I got to Massachusetts, I realized how important towns can be. And it was it was really something special. And, and it truly is the best form of local government, as far as I'm concerned, because the government is the residents. Yeah, no, that's how New Hampshire cities work, too. I mean, I guess I guess I didn't realize that. Um, I don't really know at all how other states work. Um, I'm, I, I've, although I've lived in Florida now for, um, you know, a little bit, what I, um, what I noticed, I noticed the differences like here, I love that Florida allows you to elect your own judges, like to reelect judges. Like you get to decide if you want to keep that judge as a judge or not in Florida. And I think that's a great idea for New Hampshire because, our judges are crazy up there. So, um, you know, I, yeah, we do that here that, in New York too. Oh, you vote for your judges, local county and state judges. We, we elect them. Yes. Yeah. So I'm not used to that. They're just appointed in New Hampshire. So I, I was like, you guys, we need to change the law. Like you need to like make them earn our vote because these judges are not, our judges are so corrupt and maybe that's what the difference would be is they wouldn't be so corrupt because the, well i mean we know that new hampshire gets what new hampshire wants anyways like i mean the government anyways right but once we fix the elections we'll be able to hold them accountable right so um and because right now they just throw out every single one of our lawsuits for standing they um you know they they told me and my um partner brenda that we weren't police officers so even though th these people are breaking the law we can't do anything we have no standing because we're not police officers and i'm like that is insane like how do you even Could come you up with this stuff yeah couldn't you pull a uh a, a gomer pile and citizens rest citizens rest <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's literally what came to my mind. And I was like, could we, so can we citizens arrest him? Like, I don't really know. I don't know what to do. So um, is, is actually that lawsuit kept getting brought up today because um, uh, one of the towns, I, I totally forgot we sued every town clerk in the state of New Hampshire. And this was like a year and a half ago. So we sued every single one of them for returning the memory card. So when um, when someone handed in their affidavit, I mean, there weren't articles with the 25 names. They had their voter IDs on them so they wouldn't get kicked out. And the town clerk was like, who did this? And and he was like, um, you know, Marilyn Todd and her group, like all of her, like we we were verified. These are 100 percent voters. Here you go. She's like, this is how would you get this information? And then he said, Marilyn, Marilyn Todd and Brenda Town. And she was like, they sued me. Like, I don't really. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I totally <laughs> forgot that we sued every town clerk. Hey, but it wasn't personal. You know, it's not personal. Yeah, of course not. They shouldn't. They shouldn't have wiped the uh, thumb drives. They shouldn't. Have, so what they do is after every election, they break their they break the federal and state law. And after every single election, whether it's the primary does town, whatever, they use the same memory cards 
So they break the law every few months, <laughs> you know, like and, every few months they break that law. And I'm going to cut them some slack here because there are good people that run for that work in town, you know, town clerks and whatnot. I, I knew someone here who was worked in the town clerk's office. And <clears throat> oftentimes it really is good to ascribe to incompetence. You know, never, never ascribe to malice that which can be explained by simple incompetence. And I think that's it. I think that you come in and this has been the tradition in the office. This is how we do things. And those people aren't lawyers and there's no lawyers overseeing it. And they don't know that they're breaking the law until someone points out to them, no, this is wrong. I, I do think that a lot of honest mistakes are made in our elections across the country by people who might be well-meaning but they're not doing their job and yeah. that I will criticize them for, because if you yeah. don't know that you're breaking the law when you reuse the memory card, well, I can't, I can't fault you for, for rigging an election, but I can fault you for not knowing your job. You got to know your job yeah. because when you don't know your job and you have sloppy practices, that's when malefactors can come in and take yeah. advantage of a weak system. Yeah. And now they don't have an excuse, you know, right. um, so they're on notice. They should, so as uh, um, they probably did return the memory cards after the primary, but um, there's just so many fires to put out all the time. So it's hard to like, you know, um, resolve exactly whenever but like after this november i mean before this november we're telling them like you're not getting rid of those memory cards if you do we're filing lawsuits and you will be sued personally and yeah. we already are drafting that affidavit right now because we should have just done it in the primary because then we wouldn't have been able to use the machines although it's only been like two weeks so they it, we still might have time uh they still might have their memory cards so actually you just gave me a really great idea. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna have everybody file affidavits and tell their town clerks that they're not allowed to get rid of their primary memory cards because they have to keep those for 12 months, I believe. Oh, right. no, that's yeah. a federal election. 24 months. It's still 24, 24 months. months. Yeah. So they're not going to be allowed to use the machines in the 2024 election. This is actually genius. Um, I'm so glad that we were just talking this Won't through. Won't they just get new memory cards? No, the, you, they can't make them. Our machines are older than I am. <laughs> they don't make them. They can't. That's why and they have to the recycle they go. all the same cards. Oh, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. Yeah, we got, well, let, yeah, let's get rid of these machine cards. Let's go back to paper ballots and, um, look. The town clerk is going to become more important because then they're going to need more staff to count the ballots and there's going to be more oversight. It's an opportunity for the town clerks to really look like they're doing their job. So I, I think that's fine. Just briefly, we've got a few minutes left. You've not only seen the dirty underbelly of the political parties in New Hampshire, but you've seen the dirty underbelly of conservative Inc., haven't you? you? You were dealing with, you mentioned earlier, a documentary unfortunately you came across a grifter using a phony name that uh took you for thirty thousand dollars yeah so um basically i signed a contract with somebody that i really trusted um 
and I had a lot of respect for. And um, I never thought in a million years that what has transpired uh, transpired. But basically, you know, I'm suing Jovan Pulitzer for, you know, um, you know, we're in an active lawsuit. So he's, yeah, you Jovan know, um, Joe Hutton, Oldman. Which turns out it's, that's that's not his name, though, right? He's not a Pulitzer and he's not a Hutton. No, he's a uh, fill you, a fool you, or a fool you. I, I mean, I, that's how I think it's. <laughs> I mean, it, it's ironic that that's his. That's his last name. When I saw that the other day, I was like, oh my gosh, fool you, like or fill you. I think is his, like yeah. you know. So, um, no, but um, you know, it's just been very dramatic and stressful on that aspect of it. And I'm just, you know, um, I'm so happy and thankful for Joe Oldman who hired us a lawyer for $10,000, just paid our retainer um, yesterday to be exact. So, um, you know, I thought that was very kind because, you know, we didn't have 10,000. We gave Jovan the last $30,000 that we had and um, that we had left in this fight. And, you know, my conservative media has ran my name through the mud so i'll never feel comfortable uh raising money again like if anything right. i'll be like we have this expense if you guys want to pay for it let me know type of uh situation but i'll never raise money again uh, like in a general account so that we can do things which that just all it did is hurt the movement more because i would never steal anything from anybody so you know if someone were to trust and have faith into you know, doing what's right and betterment for New Hampshire, I would have been that person. But unfortunately, you know, um, you know, they, they, you know, new, uh, some conservative media really, you know, was trying to say that I stole that money. And I just bowed my head because I felt bad. Like I had trust in Jovan that he was going to produce this like amazing documentary. It was going to be, you know, New Hampshire would have been like, oh, my gosh, now I understand why she waited and why she paid the money she paid for it. And um, unfortunately, that's not what happened. But I'm glad that we have well, a lawyer. Yeah, hopefully that documentary will get made. It needs to be made because the information is all there, as you said, going back 20 years. And it's important for people to know. And shame on Jovan Pulitzer must or Hutton for for taking money and not doing the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, you, you know, he seems to want to think that I think that that I'm after him or I'm doing this maliciously. And what he doesn't understand is I've never, I would never want this. I, I don't even like this. It's so uncomfortable for me. Uh, my, I'm comfortable well, fighting the government. Yeah, I don't mean to laugh, but you were one of the one of the sweetest, kindest, most conflict diverse person people I've ever met, certainly in the political realm. But, you know, the idea that, you know, people think that you're going after them, it's just it's actually kind of laughable. Uh, but you are tenacious and you are in the right. And I think that's what people don't like. People realize that you're right, that they've done wrong, and they don't like the fact that you're calling them out. But we love the fact that you you continue to call them out, despite the fact that you had to move with your family to Florida because you were getting death threats. I wanna say that's why you've lived in Florida for a little bit. You were getting death threats. And arrested. And yeah, arrested and, twice. And arrested. Yeah. And you look forward to going back to the Granite State once the Granite State is great again. That's it for tonight's reckoning on today's News Talk TNT. 
Stay tuned for the Hervorier Morris Show. Until next time, God bless you. God bless these United States. Keep fighting the good fight.